Hello and welcome to BCL Coast to Coast, the official podcast of the Basketball Champions League. My name is Austin Green and joining me on this week's show is David Hein over in Germany. We're going to be talking with play-by-play commentator Jeff Taylor about the 2017 BCL Championship between Tenerife and Banvit. Dave, how are you doing in, in Germany? And it was fun going back and watching some of these older games. Yeah, seeing some of these, uh, really the stars of this competition. Um, you know, we, uh, we've we enjoyed Jordan Theodore over the years already, and it was really uh, refreshing, you know, to see some of these guys and also some of the guys that have gone on to to other other teams. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was a good... It was a good chance to to see some basketball, to relive some of the history of this comp, of this great competition, um, to also get a little bit of distraction uh, for from what's going on. Uh, let's say uh, off the court. Yeah, absolutely. So, of course, the current BCL season is still suspended indefinitely due to the coronavirus. Uh, we're not quite sure what's going to happen yet with the end of the season. Uh, hopefully, they will find a way to be able to play things out um, here in a couple months, uh, but we'll see how things go. In the meantime, go to championsleague.basketball, the official website, to stay up to date on everything. You can follow us on Twitter and Instagram at BasketballCL. And of course, go to the Champions League YouTube page, that's where these classic games are going to be posted on there. Uh, there's a few up there right now, and there's going to be a couple more up going up uh, throughout the next few weeks. So go check that out on YouTube. Coming up next, we have our conversation with Jeff Taylor about the first BCL Final Four in 2017, as well as some of his thoughts on the current BCL season. So stay tuned for that. Dave and I will catch you on the other side of the interview to wrap things up. Entire season of the pure drama coming down to this. Devin White! He's done it so many times. The first ever basketball Champions League title has gone to Abirsar Tenerife. All right, so on the show this week, we have um, a returning guest um, to the podcast, Jeff Taylor, uh, one of the one of the well-known uh, commentators for... Uh, for the Basketball Champions League games. Jeff, welcome back. Thank you very much, Dave. It's uh, trying times right now. And uh, just, um, I guess, I guess maybe just first off, um, how are you, uh, how are you uh, dealing with your, both your basketball and your commentating fix? I, I saw there was a, on Twitter, there was a, there was a German football announcer and he was calling the the foot traffic on uh, on the on the street corner uh, <laughs> upon which his apartment was lo- overlooking. So how are you? How are you dealing with your two uh, basketball and uh, and announcing uh, uh, you know fixes or whatever you want to call it? Well, I've been able to do quite a bit of writing, uh, some historical pieces. So that's that's been okay uh, in terms of like the commentating. Well, I find myself constantly commentating to my two young kids do this, do that. Where are you going? No, you know, so uh, that's much more of uh, the commentating standpoint. <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, I mean, it's frustrating, you know, but here, you know, in, in Valencia, it's um, the weather, thankfully has not been great. Uh, as I was telling you, you know, for the last couple of weeks since the lockdown, uh, it's been kind of gray overcast. We've had some rain, so it's not like there's been a huge desire 
to go outside and enjoy the what is usually really good Valencia weather. So I think that's been kind of a blessing in disguise. And um, you know what? I, you know, you have to it's kind of difficult to look at this uh, like, the, you know, the glass is half full. But I guess you have to look at the positives and be thankful that you're, you know, at least we think that we're healthy. Um, and, you know, the people that we know are healthy and we're also spending uh, more time together because uh, we can't go anywhere. So <laughs> that might not be a good thing in some houses, but for our house, it's been good in terms of conversation, in terms of uh, talking to our kids and maybe being a little bit more involved in their schoolwork and understanding what it is that they're doing. And, you know, you have to I guess you really do have to try to focus on the positives uh, while at the same time dealing with all the negatives. Yeah, just just trying to to get through it. You know, I mean, we you know, we all you know, whoever, uh, you know, all the listeners, you know, they are all dealing with it as well. And, you know, having conversations and, and how everything needs to continue and whatnot. And, and obviously we're we're stuck on hold uh, with the BCL. So, you know, we're not going to talk anything new uh, necessarily. You know, one of the reasons we, we thought we might have you on um, is actually because the, the BCL has um, – uh, actually like a lot of leagues, you know, they're putting up some, some games, uh, some of their, some of their classic games, um, for their, for their fans to watch. And, uh, and, and, and so far the, the BCL on their YouTube website have, have, uh, four games up. Uh, the first three were the final four, the two semifinals and the final of the 2016, 17 season. And, uh, and of course, you know, that was in Tenerife and of course you were, you were there. And so that's why we kind of wanted to, um, kind of bring you back on and, and, and just kind of talk a little bit about, uh, about the, the first, the inaugural season, uh, more focusing on the final four, um, uh, since the fans can go back and, and, and watch the games. Um, so, so I guess maybe just first off, start off with, you know, the, this was the culmination of the, of the first season, you know, it was in Tenerife, which obviously has a, has a atmosphere flair of its own. Anyhow, uh, maybe what did you, uh, how did you, you know, when you think about, think back and, you know, you watch the game again, the final, uh, how do you recall sort of the atmosphere of the final four? Well, we were in La Ambarguesa in Tenerife. That's where I kept thinking uh, it looks like a hamburger. I'd like to really look at this from the outside to see what it looks like. But no, there was a lot of energy. And with Iberostar Tenerife hosting it, obviously, that's uh, already a, a magical few days. You can travel to the Canary Islands. Uh, so there's a good, a good feeling, a good vibe. And Tenerife had had one of the best teams. And their fans uh, have really you know, bought into this idea that, you know, they've got all the makings of, of a great club in Spain, which we all know has a great domestic league. And uh, so for them to actually be playing in a European final uh, or European final four to host it uh, was kind of like an opportunity of a lifetime. So there was a lot of great energy around the whole place. And, but, you know, maybe, uh, maybe looking back at it, maybe the most balanced of the final fours, you know, because uh, Banvit, uh, Bandirma from Turkey. They just had a, a terrific team. They'd come through so many uh, dramatic games uh, to get that far. You remember, remember they won against Riesenberg, MHB Lewisburg, excuse me, uh, Riesen Lewisburg with John Patrick. Um, 
And so they made it all the way to the Final Four. Venezia, they were a great team uh, in the, that opening season, and obviously Monaco as well. And um, I'm not convinced, really, looking back on it, that Tenerife had the best team. I think maybe that home court advantage really helped them. And, uh, you know, if we, if we were to dive right into it, looking back at that final, um, you know, it was, a, it was a close game. And I actually, just knowing that we were going to be talking about this, I went back and, and reflected on it. And uh, for some reason, I had it in my head that Abir Star Tenerife had been pretty convincing in that win. But, but no, it was, it was really a case of, you know what, Bandit had their chances to win that game, and they just did not make the shots. Um, you could credit Abir Star Tenerife, certainly. They did make some plays, and they had some, some big moments in the game. Uh, but maybe had Bandit played... Uh, their best basketball of the season, maybe they would have been the inaugural champions. And I think if they, you know, if they're honest with themselves and they look back at that game, they will say we could have been the very first champions in the basketball champions league, uh, taking nothing away from a beer star Tenerife. Um, you know, and also for Monaco, they probably feel like they were not ready, quite ready to play uh, in that, you know, in that opening semifinal. So um, against Bambit. So, yeah, so a lot, lot of talking points. It's, it's interesting to see how the the rosters have pretty much all changed from that from that point. Uh, but that's the nature of of basketball and especially European basketball. You have a lot of roster overhaul. Before before we go, uh, maybe you know talk more. We have more questions about the final. But actually, uh, you know, you just brought it up Monaco. I mean, do you do you think uh, Monaco actually? Reaches the final if if Jamal Schuler doesn't get hurt. You know the, it was a tie game in the semifinal, um, and he was obviously you know such that you know he was he was so dominant in that. I think he had 17 points at that point, um, and then he went down for at least five, four or five minutes, and and uh, Bandit was able to kind of take take over the game. Do you do you think that uh, Monica actually gets to the final if 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 Schuler doesn't go down? I just think that the the close game specialists were really more of bad, but I think they were better equipped in those tight games to win. Obviously they were not against a very start Tenerife. Uh, but Schuler had already, he'd already had a big game at that point. And, and obviously the question is, could he have, could he have continued? How, you know, how would it have changed the dynamic of the game? I mean, it's, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll never know because, um, you know, he had, he was, he was such a big threat from, from three point range. Although in that game, you know, he was three of eight, um, it's, it's difficult to say. I, I'm not sure that he could have contributed that much more, to be honest. Uh, so no, I don't think so. I think, I think Bamvit probably were just, I think maybe Monaco had more talent, but I just think the style of play of, of Bamvit was just uh, too problematic, uh, for Monaco in that game. I mean, don't forget Schuler uh, didn't have any, he, you know, that was basically he equaled a season high. Uh, with that 20-point performance. He'd also had 20 in the playoffs against Ike. Um, so I think he'd pretty much given everything that he could have in that game. And and the fact is he also played 22 minutes. So, I mean, that's my opinion. I don't know. You think if he had stayed in and stayed I, he healthy? Was, he, he, had a, he, he was having a great game. And, and, and obviously he was, you know, he's playing well. I mean, you never know. I mean, Theodore, this was one of the, one of the really – funnest parts of this let's call it exercise or whatever was was kind of watching uh, jordan theodore again getting a chance to watch jordan theodore again um and you know in that game in the semifinal he played 39 
uh, 39 minutes and 75, uh, 57 seconds, you know, was, was on the court for all but three seconds. Um, and, and, and also, you, you know, seeing guys like, uh, Damian Kulig, you know, who we, we saw this year, um, with, uh, with, uh, Toro and, and, you know, you get an idea of really how, how good, you know, some of these players, uh, how, how good these players were. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's really refreshing. Yeah, Bamford were, you know what? You look back at that. You look back at that team, and and Kulig was really playing at a high level. I mean, this, you know what? This guy was a big part of Poland's uh, World Cup campaign this past this past summer. I think he was probably one of the more underrated players, uh, maybe maybe one of the most underrated in in this uh, competition's four year history. Um, you know, and they, they were a solid team with Orlik, uh, Vidmar offered that huge presence. Down low, Chappelle, Corkmus, don't forget, he was kind of breaking out, coming out to be the great young player. So that, that, it was a very good Bamford team. And, and clearly, I don't think they've been as good uh, since since that team. I, I seem to remember Muric, uh, Edo Muric was really struggling uh, to, I don't know, he just kind of lost his form that year for Bamford. And maybe if he'd been able to to race his game a little bit better, you know, they could have gone all the way. Uh, he could have been a, more of a contributor. Theodore's numbers weren't – I don't think they were spectacular. He had a double-double, didn't he? But it, it wasn't like he shot the ball particularly well. It was like 5 of 15 against Monaco. But, man, he he has this way of uh, using his body and getting to the free throw line, and that's where he does a lot of his damage. So, yeah, I just think maybe Monaco – I don't know, their, their mindset – you know, their mindset uh, the next time they made it to the Final Four – I thought was right. They just came up um, and had to face the wrong team against Ike the next year. But so I think they probably learned from that experience going to Tenerife. Yeah, I guess what maybe we should give them the benefit of the doubt and say if they don't lose Schuler, then then things could have been even closer. Uh, but you know, it's one of those things. What if? Yeah, and and Jeff, looking at the other side of the semifinals, Tenerife, they beat Venezia 67-58 to to get into the final. Uh, What do you remember about that Venezia team, looking back, that made it to the final four? Uh, You know, Marquez Haynes was on that team, uh, Ariel Falloy, a lot of of guys who have kind of been around uh, the BCL for a little while now. Uh, Of course, Venezia not, not in the competition this season, though. No, they had a great team. Hervoye Peric uh, from Croatia, Michael Bramos, uh, Ariel Filoy, you know, who's uh, from Argentina but plays for Italy's national team. Um, uh, I just remember Walter, Walter de Rafael, just very gracious as a coach, very happy uh, that his team had been able to experience uh, the Basketball Champions League, was really upbeat about the, you know, taking part in the competition. You know, they had Melvin Edgem in that team. Uh, and he really kind of laid an egg in that, in that game against Tenerife. And I think that kind of hurt them, um, you know, because they needed some more scoring uh, from him particularly, but he only had three points in that game. So I just don't think that, um, again, I don't think they played their best game. They, they picked a, a bad time uh, to not come out strong and, you know, things just kind of got away from them. Uh you know they they did they did open up that early lead, uh, but that second quarter when they just kind of fell away, just just uh, the execution wasn't there, and yeah, it was a missed opportunity for them because they they did have a good team. 
Yeah, I mean, you, you saw actually, but you know, you also saw the the quality that Tenerife had. You know, I mean, you, you know, you, you have to you have to be able to play defense like that and keep uh, Venezia with the weapons that they did have to eight points in the third quarter. You know, and you know, it's one of the things that you know you you talk about the efficiency of 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 uh, Tenerife on offense. You know, so much really throughout the entire. Um, uh, life of this competition, but you know, also what you also have to say is that they do play uh, some really great defense, and they definitely locked down in that third quarter and uh, took control of the game. Yeah, they got their noses in front, didn't they, by halftime, and then uh, they just kind of really pressed home that advantage in that third quarter, and you know, it was all catch up for Venezia uh, after that. So, um, you know, home court advantage makes a big deal in these games. So. I think they what they got it back to like within seven points in the fourth quarter, but by that point, uh, uh, you know, they just kind of ran out of time. They're pretty much facing a double-digit deficit, uh, you know, for for much of that for much of that uh, final quarter. You know, falling behind by fourteen points. And they went five uh, minutes without a bet, without a point to uh, to open the the second half, and and you know any any. You know, any, okay, we played well in the first half, uh, you know, any, you know, positive thoughts are basically, you know, basically thrown out the window at that point. You're not shooting very well. Uh, you're committing a lot of turnovers and, and you're not really able to, uh, to, to, to also, you know, you know, get uh, an advantage on the boards either. So not really much worked uh, in that second half. No, but I think you hit the nail on the head as well. I mean, it was, you know, defense. Uh, perhaps a little bit underrated from Tenerife at times because they can wow you with their three-point shooting and you know their their transition game. Uh, but defensively, they were pretty tough in that game. So, uh, and Abramitis, I seem to remember having a really big game as well, um, uh, which is something that he didn't have in the final, but it didn't matter. Yeah, so let, let's look at the final game. Abramitis, you mentioned uh, he was huge in the semifinals. He had 19 points, nine rebounds. But he was scoreless in the final. It didn't really matter uh, because Marius Gregonis stepped up. He had 18 points, hit four three-pointers, and and ended up winning Final Four MVP. Uh, Jeff, lo- looking back on that, it was really tough, I think, to pick an MVP from the Final Four because Gregonis was quiet in the first game and then exploded in the second. Um, Abramitis, big in the first game and then quiet in the second. Uh, what, what did you think about the MVP choice going to Gregonis? Yeah, I was okay with that because um, obviously it's the big game and, you know, you save your best for the big game. And uh, he was the only only one of two players to get into double figures. I mean, maybe sentimentally you could perhaps given it to Davin White, who uh, hit some big shots uh, and was also three of six from three point range. But he, you know, he made some big plays late. But so did so did Gregonis. Um, but I, I, again, I. You know, and that there was that really important moment in the. You might remember in that third quarter where there were a few possessions where Banvik could have taken the lead, and Theodore just kind of lost control of the ball on the fast break, turned it over. Then I, I remember Corkmus uh, driving in, uh, tr- attempting a runner in traffic that he missed, and they had a few few chances to take the lead, and it could have made things really interesting at that point. Um, and Tenerife went on a big run with Dornicamp, Gregonis. Hitting back, I think it was those two hitting back-to-back threes, and then Mamadou Yang came in and brought a lot of energy from the bench. Yeah, uh, on on both ends of the floor, and and still, 
you know, Bamford hung in there and they still had their chances late. And for whatever reason, they just could not put the ball in the basket. Uh, you know, they had some open looks and unfortunately, you know, you look back at it for poor Gediminas Orlik, who from Lithuania, you know, he had a, a great season, but uh, he picked his worst game to have a tough, a tough shooting night. Uh, maybe he had a hand in the face uh, on a few of those shots, but he also missed a lot of shots that he would normally make. I mean, one of nine from three-point range, that really undermined Bamford's effort in that game. So you're talking about a quality player uh, that just did not, you know, he had 13 points, but one of nine from deep. He did he did have those 13 rebounds, so it wasn't like he wasn't hustling and, and battling away, but it was just one of those things where he just couldn't get the ball to drop. Yeah, for sure. And you, you mentioned the three-point shooting. Tenerife, they made 12 out of 26 in this game, which was 46%. Uh, Bamford only made five out of 21, which was 24%. And it, it seemed like Tenerife, when they hit a big three and, the, and that crowd was erupting, it was almost like it was worth five points, <laughs> you know? Like like when Gregonis hit one early, uh, the white three to clinch it, the Dorna camp and, and Gregonis back-to-back threes that you mentioned – uh, in that building, when those guys hit those shots, like they, they just felt like such huge moments. Yeah, they really did. And it felt like they were just going to blow them away. And I, I think that's kind of why I had it in my mind that they'd won it more convincingly. But in the end, Bandit, they did a great job of, 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 you know, staying within touch. And, you know, again, coming down the stretch, they had their chances. Uh, they just could not get the ball to drop. Um, Corkmus, I mean, think, think about how good of a, sh- a shooter as Corkmus is now. I mean, he was 0-3 from three-point range, uh, and Orlik was one of nine. So you're talking about one of 12 from two guys that, that really are, are guys that you don't want to leave open from three-point range. Um, so, yeah, from that standpoint, I just think it's one of those probably big regrets for Bambit that they didn't, they didn't make a few more shots and win that game. Yeah, because I mean, defensively, if you think about it, um, they only they only allowed eleven made two point shots, and and Tenerife actually made twelve uh, three point shots. So, and you know, they only shot thirty eight percent from two point range. But I think them sticking to it was first of all was the offensive rebounding. Um, you know, Orlek had four of twelve offensive rebounds, and also I think I think we really need to say. Um, a testament to the greatness of, of Jordan Theodore. You know, we've had him on the show um, in the past as well. And just, you know, he was clearly the the leader of this team and, and he, you know, kept them, kept them right, right in there in the thick of things. Um, and again, also, you know, again, this, you know, as a guy who, Kulik. I was just going to say him as a guy who was, as uh, unfortunately Kulik was injured a lot this season and weren't able to watch him very much. Uh, but he was, he was fantastic. And, uh, and some of the plays that he made were just unbelievable. Um, that one catch and sort of reverse off the, uh, uh, on the, on the other side of the basket was, was fantastic. And, um, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a team that, uh, you know, Bandit, you know, you mentioned it, I think, uh, you know, it was either you or Lloyd, you know, talking about how, you know, basically Ed O'Murich laid an egg, uh, in, in, in both yeah. these games, you know, if you get any production from a Slovenian international, you know, he was 0 for 4 in the, um, he was 0 for 4 in the final and, and in the uh, semifinal, he was 0 for 4 as well. And, and I remember one, you know, it was, I think it was early, it was first half or something like that. And, you know, uh, Theodore did all the work, got him and uh, just a super easy 
basket right right uh you know right at the uh right at the rim and and somehow he he didn't put it in and um and it was almost like every every mistake he made you know turnovers or or missed shots was almost uh deflating it wasn't just a missed shot or a turnover it was like oh man you, you know we need to get you going somehow and you can't you know and and, and it, you know he just for some whatever reason he couldn't get going no i seem to remember he had a really tough season and and his coach uh Sasso Filipovich was obviously slovenian and i think was giving him every chance to kind of turn things around but it just ended up being a really tough season for Muric. um so you know, and that just kind of capped it all, really. I mean, he didn't think about it. He didn't score in the semifinal. He didn't score in the final. Uh, in the quarterfinals, uh, he had a, some total of five points. Um, you know, he had a lot of goose eggs uh, during the season and um, ended up, what, shooting, you know, sub 50% over. He's like around 40% overall from the floor. So for a big time, I won't say he was a big-time Slovenian international, but for a guy who has played for Slovenia's national team, you know, you were really hoping that you would get more from him. But I guess players go through these uh, stages, and, um, yeah, I think he just kind of lost his confidence. Yeah, and I, th- I think it was interesting. Uh, both of you guys kind of made the point that Tenerife could never really put this game away. Uh, their biggest lead was nine, which I think is fitting. You know, the du- the double digit mark is kind of like that psychological marker for, you know, when when you can really put a good run together and push the lead up over ten points. Like that seems to to make a big difference. But they just, uh, you know, every every time it seemed like they were in control, it was Theodore with a little runner, or Kulig had those back to back buckets in the fourth quarter, and it was only a one point game with less than two minutes left, but. Yeah, I think you know Tenerife just just slightly better execution down the stretch, and with uh, with with Theodore missing a couple shots, and there was there was another good chance where, where they had 17 seconds left, but Theodore missed that like tough lefty shot off the glass. San Miguel is able to run up court and dribble off seven or eight seconds, and and that was pretty much the game. And, and more back to that MVP talk, you know, you look at the guy that was making the the big plays late coming off the bench was Davin White, you know, and he had some game winners uh, during the season. Um, you know, he got, he was able to get to the line uh, when it was a one point game, you know, he made both free throws. Uh, and then, then he came down and hit that huge three pointer that gave him some cushion inside the final minute or actually no, it was about just over a minute to go to make it a 63 57. So he certainly made his mark at that club and, um, Again, I think the home court advantage probably helped a beer star Tenerife. So it was, uh, yeah, it was, uh, no, but it was, it was a great atmosphere. It was a great way to finish uh, the season. Obviously, not for for Bambit, um and not for Monaco and not for Venezia. But I think as time goes on, they'll look back on it and be glad that they made it to the final four. And uh, certainly, a beer star Tenerife. Uh, have been kind of the, you know, when you think about the Basketball Champions League, you think of all the clubs, you know, this is the team that you think of most, really. In fact, I think you probably say these two teams, uh, Beristar Tenerife and Bambit, are two teams that, you you know, you always conjure up images. So many, so many wonderful, uh, wonderful games that these teams have been involved in. Um, So it's been great having them uh, in the competition. And, uh who knows? Maybe we'll see uh, Bandirma um, rise 
uh, from the ashes and come back and be strong next year and and put another good run in. I think I think we all expect Tiberius Tenerife to be good again, uh, but hopefully hopefully we'll uh, we'll be able to finish this season. Uh, we just don't know what's going on right now. Uh, you brought you brought it up uh, this season. Obviously, we're all uh, on hold and waiting to figure out what's going to happen. Um, maybe maybe just your general thoughts uh, on the year. Um, you know, thoughts on uh, you know we 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 did get through. Let's say six of the eight uh, round of sixteen matchups. You know, the other two uh, were were knotted at uh, at one game each. Um, you know, when somebody asks you, if somebody were to ask you, you know, you know, what do you, what, what do you think about the 2019, 20 season so far? What would, how, uh, the basketball champions league, what would you say? I think it's been great because I think you've had some teams that have really, uh, contributed a lot like San Pablo Burgos, for example, is great. You know, we expected their crowd to be great. And, um, you know, it's difficult not to talk about the coronavirus, uh, how it's impacted the game. You know, they won that. That last that last game two against uh, Dinamo Sassari uh, to to get into the quarterfinals, um, and I got to really tip my hat to Burgos because I wasn't sure they had it in them, uh, especially after they fell behind by like 16 points at home uh, with no fans. And I think they really showed what they were made of uh, in that game to battle back and to beat Dinamo Sassari. So. Yeah, that's been exciting. It's been exciting to have uh, Hapoel Jerusalem again in in this competition, and it looks like we're getting the best out of them. So that is going to be an absolute thriller of a quarterfinal series because don't forget those two teams met during the regular season uh, in that very difficult group, which also included Ike. So, And we know that Ike are already in the quarterfinals, uh, having uh, survived that tough game two uh, at Bonn. Um, and uh, I'm really curious to see how good Nimburg are going to be because, you know, at times Nimburg looked like it, they could play with anybody in Europe, and then uh, they, they struggled to, to really uh, put teams away. Uh, they, they, they seem to at times lack that ruthless streak. Um, and with Zaragoza, uh, they've been a great addition as well, just like Burgos. Um, and you know what? They had to survive some difficult moments against Liat Cabalas. Uh, but they've done that, and we've—I think we've spoken about Ostend. I'm just amazed that Dario Georgia has been able to get what he's gotten out of his team this season. I mean, he's for my for my money, he's the coach of the year because I think he's had uh, less talent uh, and he's had more adversity uh, to have to to cope with, especially with the loss of Siobhan Thompson. Uh, yet, you know, his team uh, is one big. It would be a big upset, obviously, against Tenerife. But if they were and they were to get to the quarterfinals, that would be astonishing to me. So uh, I think it's been a great, a great season. Um, you know, Dijon, Nizhny Novgorod, uh, I have to say I, I, I commentated on them uh, in their last game, and I was not impressed by Dijon. You know, they, I don't think they came out with the right mindset, uh, and Nizhny were able to extend that series. So – but but overall, I think the competition's been really good. You know, this year four, and um, you know, fingers crossed, uh, we'll be able to get some more basketball again. And uh, yeah, yeah, Jeff. One one team that you uh, didn't mention much there was uh, was Tenerife, who obviously you know look a little bit different this season with Marcelino Huertas and Georgie Shermadini kind of running the show there. 
looking back at this at this final that we rewatched with Tenerife and Bamvit, uh, what what kind of struck you? You know, going back and watching that Tenerife team compared to this one with Huertas just kind of orchestrating everything all season. Yeah, well, you've got one of the great point guards, really, in European basketball. Um, and you could probably say, you know, for the last two decades, uh, Huertas. Uh, yeah, so they're a different team. They obviously rely a lot more on two individual players, I think, than their previous teams. Um, you know, those two guys have to be clicking for Tenerife, Shermadini and Huertas and um you know, for a while there, I was thinking Shermadini was the player of the year. But, what, you know, Huertas, to me, uh, when he's when he's got things working, I think he's the best player in the competition. I mean, I think he's the MVP. Um, so, yeah, they're they're a fun team to watch. And uh, but, the, you know, they have their vulnerabilities and that it's amazing that Ostend were able to come out and and uh, force that force that game three. So. And you got to tip your hat as well to some of those other guys that played for Tenerife in the past as well. Ferran Basas, uh, still alive in the competition. So uh, everywhere you look, uh, yeah, Tenerife has made made their impact. Tenerife's present and past. Every uh, every season so far has kind of had a surprise team in the final four. Um, let let's let's play this out, and we have the. Um, the the quarterfinals in whatever regard that will be. Um, who do who do you think would it would it be this year? Uh, if if we had a surprise team, I mean, it's kind of difficult calling Burgos a surprise in a way because they come out of the tough Spanish league. But on the other hand, they had to come through the qualification round, so you might be able to say uh, they would be a surprise. Um. I guess I guess why don't we just leave it at that? Let's let's hope for the let's hope that uh, everything uh, can maybe I'm not going to say be resolved, but hopefully things uh, can can get can get better. Um, we we thank you, Jeff, for uh, for coming on. Um, it was it was uh, it was good it was good seeing the old players, and it was fun hearing you uh, call the. It's always it's always fun to have have uh, have you call big games uh, because uh, you you are really one of the best in in the in the business and it's and it's great to have you uh, again on the show. Thanks a lot, appreciate it. And uh, and I guess as as everybody says now, stay stay safe, stay healthy, um, and let's all hope that uh, BCL can uh, can continue in whatever format that is uh, for the rest of the season. Okay, really appreciate it, Dave. Uh, hope you and uh, Austin as well stay safe and we get some basketball again soon. Thanks very much. All right, thanks again to play-by-play commentator Jeff Taylor for joining us on this week's show. Dave, it was uh, really fun to go back and watch that Final Four uh, especially the championship game and, and to talk to Dave and to talk to Jeff about it. Uh, what were some of your kind of, you know, takeaways from going back and watching the game and then hearing what Jeff had to say? You know, like he, like he also said that, you know, going back and, and watching the final, um, you know, you, you, you really kind of, uh, 
got a got a feel for really how close that game really was. You know, you kind of it was kind of in your memory. You know that that uh, Tenerife really you know home court advantage and and really were pretty dominant in, in taking that title. But you know, Banvit was right there the whole game and. And uh, it, it was it was fun also that uh, you at times here and there in the final you could tell how 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 loud it really actually was there. I wasn't there uh, 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 myself, but to uh, you could hear that the crowd was actually even uh, drowning out Jeff and, and Lloyd there. Uh, so yeah, it was just like I said before you know, at the beginning of the show. It was it's just kind of. Uh, it's it's good for the history of this competition to go back and 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 really f- and follow um, and, and and catch up with with some of the things if, if for those who might not have been uh, sort of let's call it on board since the very beginning and uh, to to really uh, kind of get a, a good feel for the start of the uh, the inaugural season of this competition. Yeah, for sure. And it was really fun to just go back and watch that Tenerife team again. Um, just such a such a cool loaded team lots of talent uh we we mentioned the guys were up and down in the final four you know only um you know abramidas was great in the semifinals and then struggled in the final gregonis pretty quiet in the semis and then exploded in the final and they they were just such a a deep team with a lot of weapons so they they were able to survive that and uh you know that that rotation of Dornicamp, Gregonis and Abramidas on the wings was pretty incredible to watch uh Davin White you know at, at near the near the peak of his powers uh hitting pull up threes uh great to go back and and see that and of course Jordan Theodore and, and the Banthet guys like we talked about putting up a really really tough fight in that game uh so yeah it was it was great to go back and watch that make sure you guys go to the official champions league youtube channel to watch that and all of the classic games coming up soon uh the athens final four games will be on there so you can watch ike take home the trophy uh dave i think i think that's going to do it for this week's episode any final words before we wrap it up uh just like we've been saying the last couple of weeks now you know just everybody stay healthy uh everybody do their parts you know we all have to really um we all have to 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 do this together in order to 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 get past it, uh, and it will uh, it will be you know we might not ba- we might not get basketball this season, uh, but we will get past this, um, and you know the quicker that everybody stays together, and the better that everybody stays together, um, you know the 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 sooner we will then have, uh, let's call it a normal life again. Yeah, well said. Everybody stay safe out there. Uh, good luck these next few weeks and months uh, as, as everybody kind of struggles through this uh, whole situation together globally. That's going to do it for this week's episode. Thanks again to Jeff Taylor for joining us on this week's show. Make sure you guys go to the official Champions League website, championsleague.basketball, as well as the YouTube channel to watch these classic games as they get posted. And there will be some fresh articles and, and interviews and things going up on the website. Thanks again to Jeff Taylor for joining us on this week's show. For David Hein over in Germany, my name is Austin Green, and this has been BCL. Coast to coast, we'll talk to you next week. 